in episode 164. I discovered more about myself through other people's stories and the the bravery to explore myself through talking to others. But I also discovered that I like supporting people. So I would be on the support forum, chatting to people, providing them support, help. And I had my hand on the door and she texted me and I was like, ah, you know what? I'd probably just go up and take all this stuff off and whatever. And then like something came into my head and I was like, screw this, I'm ready. There's a few phrases that I like, a few sort of mantras. One is keep moving forward positively, like even small steps. You don't have to make big steps forward. You don't have to come out to the whole world. Just do something little that takes you one positive step forward. Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast. The podcast that says Yas to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. Um, first off, happy Halloween, y'all. Uh, today's um, quite the spooky day. Uh, a lot of a lot of people like myself enjoy the festivities and, and the chance to dress up. Because for a lot of us, this could be like the one day of the year that we really get a chance to express ourselves. Um, but anyway, today's spooky guest is Sarah Snow. She's another guest uh, who I, I know from the Discord server, the Krasias Confidential. Um, but she was gracious enough to chat with me at around 2.30 a.m. her time, just like Sarah K. Um, and then myself with Sarah K. in a future episode uh, where I did it at 2 a.m. because I'm crazy like that sometimes. Um, anyway, Sarah talks about how important it is hear other people's stories um some mantras to live by and so 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 much more uh we we really we talk about how important representation is and how much it matters and and how much growth can happen and be done from just hearing other people's stories that you relate to well here she is yes 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 cross yes podcast which is Elmirasol and Billy. Hey, it's uh, Billy with the Cross Yas podcast. Uh, today we're here on a special spooktacular uh, Halloween edition with Sarah Snow. She's from Hi. all the way on the other side of the world from me. Uh, it's probably like, what, 2, 1 to 2 o'clock in the morning for you? Nearly 2 uh, yeah. That's, to me, a little insane. But, you know, I did that a couple weeks ago. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, I know you from the Cross Yas Confidential Discord server. Uh, I think you've been on there for a little while. I was looking back. I've been on there since, I think, around January last year. Okay, yeah, so that's that's quite a while while. then. But kind of active or not active. Yeah, there's there's so many people that sometimes I... It's hard hard to keep track. (laughs) Especially because some people, like talk for a while and then stop and then come back and stop and come back um but it's always a great great to see you show up um so sarah would you like to introduce yourself uh yeah i'm uh i'm batgirl uh no sorry 
Um, who are you again? <laughs> I don't recognize you. I don't uh, recognize you at all. Oh, oh, sorry. Let me just take this off. Um, so there you go. That's a bit better. Um, I did have this great idea to come as Batgirl today, and uh, it kind of worked. But then when I looked at myself on camera, I was like, I, I'm not no sure. One, no one would recognize you. Um, so that's kind of like, no. Um, anyway, so um, sorry about the eye makeup, because that was meant to be under the mask and hidden. So if it's a bit messy, uh, it, I'm not usually this bad. Um, what are you wearing, by the way? What is that on your head? Um, they're like snakes. Oh, you're like um. It's like a Medusa crown. Gorgon. That's why I have um. That's why I have like green, green eyes. Oh, pretty, nice blend. Thanks. It took um, me all of uh, two minutes. <laughs> Maybe. Uh oh. Okay. So sorry, I diverted. Uh, I diverged uh, to another topic. So let's uh, get back on track. I guess. Uh, I'm Sarah Snow. I'm in my 40s. I work in IT in London. Um, I identify as non-binary transgender, uh, more specifically bi-gender. Um, gender fluid kind of works too, but I'm not along the gradients. I'm more either one end of the scale or the other. Um, and uh, I'm also a queer Muslim. Cool, cool. Um, so when you say you're not genderqueer, you mean like, um, uh, you don't have like a mix, like you don't do like half, I don't know, I don't know, like, um, you don't do like a feminine man or a manly woman or somewhere in between? No, I did experiment with, uh, with sort of those in-between states, uh, so dressing in normal boy clothes and makeup and wig or not wig and, and, mm -hmm. and stuff like and it didn't didn't resonate for me so uh so i, I sort of landed on by gender uh, that seemed to work for me um and actually explains a lot about how i uh thought about myself i guess as i was growing up um because as i grew up it wasn't I'm in the wrong body, which is a lot, lot of uh, trans people say. They say, well, you know, I, I grew up knowing I was in the wrong body. I grew up knowing I was a girl. That never happened to me. It was more like, hmm, I don't feel like a boy today. I feel different. So, and and it was just that. And it was it was kind of that fluctuation. It, it, it was not static. It wasn't always there. Uh, it sort of came and went, and and that's why, I guess, it took me a while to um, to understand what it was that I identify as. Kind of makes it a little more confusing, especially at a younger age, with with lack of representation, with with that type of aspect um, back in the day. Um, yeah, and also, you know, in um, in Muslim. In the Muslim community, in the Pakistani Muslim community, um, you don't get the uh, the acceptance. That's not there. It's very much uh, a taboo subject. Even though in Pakistan you do have sort of a third gender, you have the hijras, um, and and you do have that kind of 
the gender um, uh, recognition in law in Pakistan, but, but it's still very much a taboo subject. Can you can you explain the, the third gender thing? So, yeah, I mean, Pakistan is one of very few countries that has a third gender on uh, officially as part of its, um, uh, you know, in, le- in, in legal terms, a third gender. And so uh, I think I may have used a derogatory term because I don't think hijra is used anymore as a term. I forget what the, the term is used, but essentially trans people in Pakistan are a third gender. Um, they're, they're not, they're treated a lot like a subclass. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of taboo subject. And so unfortunately, because of that, they tend to go into um, poverty, they end up being in poverty. So um, no one really talks about them it's known that they sort of live over there in that village or they live over there in that kind of area, but it's not really talked about. Um, Mm. But you see them, you know, in the street, they'll be begging because they don't have any other income, they don't have any careers or anything. So there's a big program at the moment in Pakistan to kind of change that. A lot of of people looking to change that, Um, but it's it's slow and it's not happening. Uh, But growing up, I never knew that, you know, it was never, being in growing up in London, you wouldn't see it anyway. You wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that I was ever aware of. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. I've heard of I've heard of that, but I didn't I didn't really know a whole lot about it. And you know, I'm I'm a dumb American, so I don't I don't research stuff as much as I probably should. Um, <laughs> do you have a passport? I do. It might expire soon. <laughs> I've got one stamp on it, and that's to go to Mexico for my okay. friend's I, my friend's wedding. So I, I don't think Mexico counts in terms of abroad travel. No, because it's like I mean, I was in a res, I was in a resort the whole time, so I don't think it counts. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, no, I yeah, I, I guess that's true. I think you know, America is such a big place that you have so much to visit in your own country that kind of the outside world doesn't really matter from that perspective but mm-hmm. it is always funny when I talk to somebody in the states and they say I don't even have a passport and that's really strange to me it's it, like to me it's not shocking at all because like you said there, there's so many other places around here to go and then to like go anywhere international it's it's kind of a pain in the butt because it's like it, if it's anywhere across the oceans you know you gotta like fly like who's no one's taking a boat anymore you gotta like fly over there and it's expensive and it's just so much easier just like, oh, I'll just drive to the, the next state over or, you know, I'm from Ooh, Texas. Cheap Texas gasoline. Yeah, so I'm from Texas. So, shoot, it was like, it'd be like a four or five hour drive from point to point just oh, one way. So that, that in itself is like a, a whole journey. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I moved, it took me 12 hours to get from one end to the other end. And it wasn't even end to end because I was kind of central. And I still didn't leave the state. Wow. Yeah, I can't imagine that. That's that's huge. <laughs> it sucked. I was so <laughs> tired. Um, so how how um, how was that like growing up with with your with your background and and um, like your 
yeah like i said the feelings came and went i always knew that something wasn't um something didn't resonate about my identity i couldn't really ever put a finger on it um uh in 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 my early years and as i got older and understood gender a bit more i started um uh so so into my teens and 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 university age um i started dressing privately um and that was fine and then there would be a purge because the feelings mm-hmm. would go away and i'm like oh it was just a phase and so you know and and that happened back and forth and it was just part of my reality at the time um and then the feelings just went away one day and didn't come back and i was like oh okay i must be cured i was clearly like a puberty young person thing you know they've gone um mm-hmm. and they went away for like more than 10 years and oh, wow. they came back I was, how old was I? Probably around 36, 37. Um, so several years ago now, the feelings came back and I was like, hmm, I recognize these feelings and I should probably work out what they mean. Mm-hmm. So I decided, well, okay, look, I don't really know. And, you know, by this point, there was the internet, right? So, you know, growing up, there was no internet. There was no visibility of stuff. We had um, some understanding through some bits of TV, maybe Channel 4. You don't have Channel 4. Channel 4 was very edgy over here. Um, The UK uh, traditionally had BBC One and BBC Two, which were kind of um, state funded Mm -hmm. or, well, kind of original BBC. Well, you know what BBC is. Um, and then we had ITV, which was like the first commercial channel. And then Channel 4 came along, and Channel 4 was always the edgy channel. They had mm-hmm. all kinds of documentaries on all kinds of subjects that were taboo on the other channels. Um, and so you'd, you'd sometimes see a documentary on there about cross-dressing or um, things like that. And, and you'd like, transvestites. Oh, what's that? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never knew that existed. There are people like me, but that's kind of the sexual side and that's not really what I understand about myself. Um, and so, you know, and growing up, you don't really know about sex and stuff anyway. So it's kind of like, um, so there was kind of a, a situation where I didn't really know anything. Um, when I got to university with the internet, I did a bit of reading around and, and learned a bit found some forums, um, you know, and and some other resources which were really interesting. Um, But I never really engaged with them properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, um, as I say, I got into my late 30s and I kind of like, these feelings came back and I was like, ah, what do I do? How do I reconcile this? And so I remembered from my university days, there was a forum uh, that I visited a few times a support forum and they seemed really supportive and they seemed to be very diverse mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't just cross-dressers uh, it wasn't just transitioning people it was cross-dressers and in between um, so it was kind of all flavors if you like of trans 
but I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that it was like this diverse group of people identifying in different ways, but against the kind of norm of gender that's out there. And so I thought, okay, let's let's register and 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 have a look and engage. And um, I joined and and started posting about kind of what I was feeling and people were really supportive. And I started reading other people's stories. Um, and it was it was like cross yas but in written form. So people would write their stories and then people would engage on that and there was a support forum and there was a so it was very much like cross yas but just in the written form in an old internet forum mm-hmm. style thing. And there was a few things that I kind of discovered. One, I discovered that my uh, I discovered more about myself through other people's stories and ex- the the bravery to explore myself through talking to others. But I also discovered that I like supporting people. So I would be on the support forum, chatting to people, providing them support, help. Um, new members would come and say, I've never done anything. I don't know anything about this, but I really have had these feelings all my life and I don't know what to do. And, you know, I'd be like, okay, so what is it you want to do? And I met some great people through that forum. I mean, they were all UK based pretty much. And for a few of them, I actually met up with them, chatted with them. They said they wanted to have like a day out as in their girl mode. I said, okay, let's do it. Let's, what do you want to do? Do you want to go shopping? Do you want to get a makeover? Do you want to buy a wig? What do you want to do? And we just design a day and we'd go out and we'll do stuff and yeah, just sort of help people. And that, that felt really good. Um, and it helped me understand more about myself as well as helping them, which was nice. Um, and, and of course, I was only able to do that once I'd done it myself. So uh, through engaging with the forum, I was like, you know, oh, I think I need to go out and do something. And they were like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, well, why don't we have a get together? Let's have a dinner. Let's all meet up in person and have a dinner. So I, I booked a table. Um, at a restaurant and it was at the time it was just like i'm going to book this table i'm just going to go meet people i'm just going to go in boy mode mm-hmm. and you know this was very early on I, I just registered like maybe three four five months before or six months before and i said you know uh i hadn't i hadn't really done very much in terms of exploring my identity uh, the one thing I had done was get a makeover. Um, but I had this dinner and about 20 people said they'd come. So I booked this table, paid the deposit, and like seven people turned up. Dang, oh my gosh. And I was talking to my friend about this afterwards and she was like, you know, getting trans people in a room together is like herding cats. And... That's so true. <laughs> so true. Even just getting people in this like this kind of a space is so difficult. Yeah. 
So I, I, I totally get it. Oh my gosh. I, um, I can't imagine how that felt too. No, it was fine. I mean, I was doing it for me. I wasn't doing it for them, but it was just kind of like, I've got this massive table, but so I had to call the restaurant and say, Hey, loads of people dropped out on the last minute. So can you just downsize the table? And they're like, yeah, cool. Um, but I, I hadn't intended at all to go in girl mode. Um, and it was actually a friend of mine who I was out to said, you're the hostess. You have to go in girl mode. You have to. And I was like, I don't have anything. I like literally have nothing to wear. And she said, well, we need to go shopping. And I was like, okay. I don't know what that means. It sounds like something I should be able to do. But in my mind, there's kind of like a, I have to go shopping as a girl. That means I need to be dressed up as a girl in order to go try stuff on to see if it looks right. And how's that going to work? And I just, I, I, I didn't understand how I was going to do that. Um, but uh, her and another friend who I was out to said they would go shopping with me. And I was like, okay, cool. And um uh, we arranged the day. I got ready in the morning, put some basic makeup on. When I say basic, I mean like this was early stage makeup that like it looked awful, but it was fine because the plan was I would go with some basic makeup, I would get into town, uh, and I'd booked to see a makeup artist who was gonna like do my makeup properly. And then I was going to go uh, shopping with them. So that was the plan. So they were going to meet me after I'd had the makeover. So I was already dressed and like literally, uh, sorry, the night before, one of my friends said, I've hurt my shoulder. I can't come. So I was like, oh, okay, no. well, my other friend can come. Fine. Um, and I was literally dressed, ready, and had my hand on the latch to the door and I got a text message and my second friend said, I can't come. Mm. I can't remember what the reason was now. Um, but, you know, all of that build up, you know, a couple of weeks of planning, um, doing all the stuff that you need to do to all the grooming, right? Like the waxing and all of that, did all of that and was ready. And I had my hand on the door and she texted me and I was like, Aww. you know what? I'd probably just go up and take all this stuff off and whatever. And then like something came into my head and I was like, screw this. I'm ready. And I looked at them. In fact, what happened was I turned to go back up the stairs and I passed a mirror in my hallway. And I looked at myself and I was like, screw this. I look good. I'm going to do this. I don't care if anyone's with me or not. I'm just going to go. And so I got in the car. Well, I got out of the house. And the way the house is, is that there's a big hedge in front of the house. So you can't really see uh, the front of the house, except for mm -hmm. kind of the gap in the hedge where you, you get through the, to the front door. Um, so I could scoot around the front of the house and get to the car pretty much without anybody seeing me from across the street and I was like okay so I got to the car um, 
and the, the only two gaps in the hedge are obviously where the car is and where the front door is. So I got past that one, got to the car, and just as I click the thing and, and pull the door open, my neighbours from just across oh, no. the street open their door and they all pile out, the whole family. And I look at them and I just, my brain goes into overdrive and I'm like, ah! And, and you know, it's that flight or fight response but there was nothing yeah, yeah. to fight right so it became flight and i just threw myself in to the car head first like dived into the car um and the the the, the uh the gear sticks in my in my in my in my chest uh, my, my handbag's gone on the floor everything's fallen out my wig's just sort of fallen over my face and i'm sort of hyperventilating, lying across the front of the car with my feet sticking out the front of the door. And I was like listening. I was hyperventilating. I couldn't hear anything but my my deep breathing and, and hyperventilating. But I was listening, listening to them getting into the car and driving off. So I peeked over the kind of dashboard and they were kind of gone. And I was like, so I sort of calmed myself down, had a sip of water, straightened myself up, picked up everything off the floor, started the engine, and 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 drove to uh, drove to, to the car park near the station. And uh, uh, that drive from the car park to the station, my heart was racing the whole time. Um, but as I approached the station, it was like I got calmed down and. Uh, just as I was pulling to station, I thought to myself, you know what, I need to book a personal shopper. So I called one of these big department stores that we had in London at the time called Debenhams, and they had a personal shopper service. Oh, and I said, hey, have you got an appointment? I want to come in and try some dresses for a party. And they were like, yeah, sure. And I was like, they were like, what are your sizes? And I was like, well, I'm not too sure, but I think I'm this or this. And they're like, okay. Um, and they were like, um, and I said, oh, um, by the way, I'm trans. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. No worries. And it was like, I was like, you're not going to ask anything, you know? And they're like, no, it's, it's fine. You know, they were like, yeah, it's cool. Um, so I got there. Uh, so I got into town. I had my makeup done. Met a lovely makeup artist um, who I'm really good friends with even today. Um, and then I went to my appointment for... Uh, for the personal shopper and met this lovely lady who talked to me about kind of what I was looking for, what it was for, went to the shop floor, did all the shopping for me. I sat there drinking tea uh, until she got back and, uh, you know, she, she just helped me pick out a dress and it was amazing. It was an amazing experience and I did it myself. And after that, after I'd bought a dress, I went walking around Oxford Street and um, I just remember just feeling like, yeah, this feels right. It's good. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of went into shops, went to browse and like, it was fine. There was like no issues. No people were looking at me. There wasn't any um, discomfort. I was totally comfortable in my own skin and nobody else gave me a second look. And I was like, 
why have I been so scared all this time? Like, what is it that's held me back all this time? And really, it was just me that held me back. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's interesting. So yeah, that was a great experience. Uh, that that was my first, that was my first proper outing. A lot of lows and highs on it. Dang. Oh I was god, in my seat. It was messy. It was so messy. But then, life's messy, and it's fine. You know, you you got to deal with messy. You got to deal with the ups and the downs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to somebody on the Discord today, who I think it was in the support forum. You know, the ups will carry you through. The momentum of the ups will carry you through the downs. Just keep going. Um, it's a win. It's always a win. Um, and 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 you know, I I I have a sort of um. I like. There's a few phrases that I like. A few sort of mantras. One is, keep moving forward positively. Like even small steps. You don't have to make big steps forward. You don't have to come out to the whole world. Just do something little that takes you one positive step forward. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to do. Uh, so for me, that you know, doing that, moving through life like that, it's yeah, that that's important to me to try to continue to take those positive steps forward and. Uh, but it's not been easy getting to that point, of course. But and and it, it you have to keep telling yourself that because it's it's never easy doing mm-hmm. it. But I know in, in my experience, it's it's not easy, like you say. But for me, it's it's been very worth it. Um, but you've taken giant leaps forward. I know, like, like literally, like you moved across the country in one step. Like that's a big step. I know they still feel like tiny steps to me. (laughs) Yeah, I I get that. I get that. But no, I mean, look, you know, um, one person's small steps is another person's large steps, right? What seems small to you is going to be big for somebody else. And that's why I really liked, you know, once I'd experienced the personal shopper and the makeover and you know, found out about kind of where you could go for wig consultations and where you could go for, um, uh, where are the best places to go for eating around town that are going to be easy and, 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 and crowded and no one's really going to look at you twice. Um, I was able to sort of take some people out and show them that the world isn't as scary as they thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was only because I was able to do it first that I was able to then help others do it. So, yeah, it's, uh, but there's, I mean, there's been so many, like, as I think back now, there's been so many times when I've really struggled and had to really G myself up, like really motivate myself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it's not easy. Like, uh, I don't think anyone finds it easy if you're listening back to, a number of the cross yards podcasts nobody finds it easy and they and they push through and that's uh, that's one of the great things about this forum and all the forums actually on, on the internet everywhere you see people 
struggling, but the struggle doesn't define them. They, they move through that to where they want to be step by step, small mm-hmm. steps, mm-hmm. and they get there. And I, I really like that. And I, I like the fact that the cross Yas community is doing that for each other. It's, it, it, it's where I started my journey. And so when I discovered it through Thea, actually Thea, Thea, I know Thea through, um, kick and, um, when she told me she did this podcast, I was like, oh, okay, I'll go and listen. And then I discovered this whole world behind the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is really great. This is what I've been doing for the last several years. And I can I can engage with this. I get this. This is cool. It's awesome. a million miles away, but it's cool. <laughs> we are just a, a tad far away. <laughs> yeah, just a tad. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, I think... Yeah, so uh, where where was it? like I sort of jumped around a little bit, but no, you're you're good. I, I was gonna say that that for like your your I don't know if you consider those smaller big steps with like getting the personal shopper and all this stuff. Like for me, I've as big as steps if I've I guess made uh, like doing a personal shopper or getting like professional makeup and hair done. Like that scares the shit out of me still. Um, I don't know why. I think London. maybe it's just I'll that, take like, you out. we'll do it. We'll okay. Do it yeah, let's do it. Honestly, I mean, yeah. I'll do it. I'm not. <laughs> it terrifies, but I'll do it. Um, I, I, honestly, yeah. I mean, it, it is terrifying. The first time you do anything new is mm-hmm. terrifying, and especially stuff that's taboo, stuff that isn't talked about, mm-hmm. stuff that you've been told your whole life is wrong, and then you're doing it. It's yeah, it's terrifying. I, I get that. I, so I, I, I mean, I terrified the hell out of myself. Um, so, so you know, like I said, I kind of got to this point where I thought I had to explore what this means to me, mm-hmm. and it was uh, at the start of that journey. It was like, well, where do I start? Like, no, there's no guide to say, okay, if you're exploring your gender, this is what you need to do. Step A, do this. Step B, do that. No one tells you that. There isn't mm-hmm. any guide to it. And, um, you know, you can watch YouTube videos about, I don't know, doing makeup, for instance. Um, and, and maybe with practice, you can get there. But nobody's going to tell you what types of clothes look good on you or not. Um, and, like girls grow up learning this stuff experimenting and learning this stuff together in their Mm -hmm. friends groups and individually and there's me a 30 something year old going what bra size am i like you know it's not a question that ever occurred to me before but in order to explore my gender identity um properly and to present like uh feminine to see what that means to me Mm -hmm. i need to be able to put clothes on that work so what bra size am i what i don't have boobs so what boob size should i be like no one can answer that question uh 
And so right at the beginning, when I, I was doing all this exploring, I, uh, I I noticed in one of the previous podcasts that you spoke to, was it Sophia Less? Oh, yeah. 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 So I, I listened to her podcast recently, and she mentioned a shop called Primark, which I don't think you have in the US. No, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. About yeah, that. you don't know anything about it. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's very much sort of a, a slightly cheaper store, fast fashion, um, but they've got lots of stuff, like lots of really interesting stuff, new designs, mm-hmm. new fashions, and um, not very expensive. Um, and and you could just you know browse. It's quite nice, easy easy to browse in there. So uh, I would go in there because it was easy and not very expensive. Um, and if you make a mistake with clothes, it's like you know you're not going to spend too much. Um, and and so I would go in there. I would buy stuff. I would take it home. I'd try it. Didn't work for me. I'd bring it back. Return. Queue up. Return it. Buy more stuff take it home track and like this went on for ages and I was like oh my god this is ridiculous there's got to be a better way and the better way is use the changing room mm-hmm. sounds like okay dilemma how do I go in the changing room because at this point I was not presenting female I didn't know how to present female I didn't have any clothes I didn't have any you know underwear I didn't have any I had like nothing or mm-hmm. very little and so I was like okay well what I can do is I can take my, you know, bra with me and my boobs and I can sort of change in the dressing room and try stuff on. And yet it won't be like a full representation of what it looks like because I won't have the wig and I won't have the makeup and whatever, but at least I'll get an idea that this thing fits me, suits me or doesn't. And so I said, okay, th- this is the plan. So I took that stuff with me in my rucksack and I I picked up a basket and I started loading up with clothes I want to try. And so at the bottom were the kind of the more feminine stuff. And then above it were some girl jeans. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take more than 10 items because I know there's a limit of 10 items. And <clears throat> so I walk up to the... Uh, to the changing rooms and my heart's racing and I'm like okay it's all right it's just a changing room I'm gonna take these clothes and change and try them on it's fine that's what changing rooms for and uh, I get to the front of the queue and there's a huge huge like six foot something built like a house guy um, and he says how many items and I said 10 and he goes I have to count them oh no and obviously I was giving off this nervous vibe right because mm-hmm. he wasn't asking to count anybody else's but clearly me nervous sweating looking shifty not because I'm a thief but because I was about to take women's clothes into the men's changing room to try mm-hmm. them on and I was like okay all right um, I'm just going to run away right? in my head I'm like just turn around and say it's alright and just, just run and then I was like no no hand him the basket so I was like okay here you go 
And he starts taking the items out one by one. One, oh. two, three, four. Are you sure you want to try these on? Oh my god. And in my head, I'm like, just turn around and leave. Just go. Just get out. I'm like, yes. I'd like to try. Yes. And it was like, okay, four. Five and they're getting more and more feminine as the boss goes down. Six, he got to about six, I think, uh, maybe seven. And he says, Sir, Are you sure you want to try these on? And everything in my head was screaming, Get the hell out of there! You mm-hmm. do not need to be here, do not put yourself through this, it is not worth it. And then I, I had a friend called Stella on the forum, and she's just the most fabulous person that. I've ever known. Um, she's just she's in her she was in her fifties when I met her, um, uh, crossdresser and just living her life, and didn't give a care about anyone else. And all of a sudden, in my head, I said, "What would Stella do?" And something just clicked, mm-hmm. and I sort of straightened up. Puffed out my chest a little bit, took a deep breath and went, yes, I would like to try those on. Do you have a problem with that? And just me saying those words and my body language and how I was feeling inside, that obviously projected something because he shrank back. And I swear he shrunk in height, like in front of me. And and he, he went, oh, no, no, no. No, no, not at all. Uh, no, uh, and he just bundled everything. He didn't finish counting. He just bundled everything back into the basket. Went there. You go. Off you go. Damn. And I went to the changing room and I sat down for the longest time. Adrenaline pumping through my veins, and I was like, "What just happened?" And I realised that um, that. I was giving my power away and that I'd actually just taken it back and refused to let him have power over me. And since then, like another one of my mantras is never let anyone have power over you. Retain your own power, keep your own power. You, you are the owner, the keeper of your power. You don't, you mustn't let anybody else have power over you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was so empowering. Um, and, and, and it's, I guess it's shaped how I, how I've then proceeded um, from, from that point, not really giving too much of a care of what other people think. Yeah, that's, that would have terrified me <laughs> and it definitely brought me back to sometimes um i remember like the, the first time i bought a pair of boots and they they like rang it up and they're like they're, they check me like look in the box pull the boots out close the box go to scan it the card machine didn't work so they moved over to another machine scanned it same thing pulled it out opened it like they didn't already know it was in the fucking box didn't card machine didn't work again they went like four different registers and eventually i just like forget it it's not worth it 
so oh my gosh that that really that really resonated with me but i i had to go back another day because i was like I, I, I at the time i couldn't handle it yeah no i i've been in that situation plenty of times where i've picked stuff out and i just haven't had the bravery to go to the counter uh to pay for it but this time like i said sort of stella came into my head and that inner stella came out and just projected and i was just like okay i can do this like this is not beyond me um i don't have to let other people dictate mm-hmm. and and how how what i want to do and and in fact my inner voice sometimes tells me that i can't do stuff and i want to do it so i just say you know what i'm not going to listen to you in the voice you're a naysayer and I push through and and that's because of my inner Stella telling me, you know, you like, you have the little angel, the little devil, like those little voices mm-hmm. in your head. I have those all the time. And, and they're always telling me, oh, you don't look good. Your, your makeup's not on point today. You're, you know, whatever. Like, don't care. Going to carry on. Going to do it anyway. Um, so that moment is when everything changed for me, like my whole outlook changed. So I haven't let anything stop me from doing what I want to do. How long has that been since that, that moment? Whew. That was quite early on, I guess. That was kind of in my first year of exploring my gender. So I guess that was kind of, that was probably, that was probably after yeah that was after i went out for my first shopping trip Mm, which was you know empowering in a different way but it was still really difficult to kind of go shopping in boy mode and buy stuff um just had this kind of hangover in my head that i'm in boy mode i shouldn't be i shouldn't be buying girl stuff in boy mode but it's like why shouldn't i i can buy whatever i like i can even try this stuff on so yeah it was, that was probably, uh, I guess, a year into my, my exploration. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it took, it took me a while to get there. And it always does. It doesn't happen immediately. It's all like lots of different experiences that kind of come together in that one moment. Hmm. Um, Yeah, that's that's very relatable moment to me. I, I you know, because we're we're not we're not our inner voice. Um, I, I know whenever I have times that are that are really t- difficult and tough for me to do. There's a lot of times I have to stop and just like, kind of hype myself up a little bit, like oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm just gonna do it. I just gotta do it. And I say this all the time on the Discord. Well. I don't say it as much as everyone else does. Apparently, <laughs> everyone else says I say it, but I don't. Um, but you know, it's like it's kind of just like a "just do it" mentality. Yeah. Um, just to, that way, I'm not thinking. Don't think about it. Just, just fucking do it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of techniques that I have sort of built up for myself that work to 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 get myself through that "just do it" point because mm-hmm. "just do it." means that I have to uh, I have to cross that threshold 
without any running start. It's like I'm stopped and I have to I have to go to like mm -hmm. zero to sixty. Um, so I've kind of built up a couple of mental things to help me. Like one of them is uh, to give myself um, ten seconds of courage. So you kind of you breathe and you kind of go right. I'm gonna infuse myself with like ten seconds of courage, like just ten seconds. And you'll be really surprised that to what 10 seconds of courage, or like if you mentally like put yourself in that space and go, right, I'm going to just give myself 10 seconds of courage. What can happen in 10 seconds? Nothing's going to happen. And if, if after 10 seconds, I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. But you give yourself 10 seconds of courage that takes you over that threshold. And then that momentum just carries you and you can do anything. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's something that, that's worked for me. I, I don't know where I got that from. Like, it must have been a movie or something, but it was, yeah. It. I just like. I like that idea. You just like give yourself a little bit of courage, just a you know, like a boost, like an injection of courage, mm -hmm. and just let that carry you. And it, and it works. It works. Works for me. Um, I, I'd encourage everyone to try little exercises like that. It, 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 it can help you learn about yourself more, what works for you, what doesn't. For sure, for sure. Um, being that this is a Halloween episode, I'm just curious, do you have any like Halloween stories or, or party goings or costume times besides tonight? Well, so, you know, honestly, this is the first time I've dressed up for Halloween. Oh. like in my life i've oh, never really? done it um we don't do that over here very much it's in recent years it's got more popular but more like a kid's thing than mm. an adult thing and that, there are like parties and things and balls and whatnot but like i've never done it it's not never been something i've, I've done so um but spooky stories yeah i mean um uh i i visited florida as a kid went to orlando Oh, that's scary enough as it is. <laughs> we were staying in the, um, where are we staying? It's one of these motels, like a Holiday Inn or something like that. Probably mm -hmm. one of those in actually. And um, me and my brother were uh, in the room. And uh, my mother and sister were next door. And uh, I remember there was a light uh, above a table in front of the window and then set back from there was the sort of the beds and um, on the wall to the side there was a mirror and I was standing at the mirror and I saw something shimmery come through the wall behind me and it looked like a person like it had a shape of a person and then it stepped into kind of where the light shade was and it kind of disappeared. Um, and then it came back again and it carried mm -hmm. on and it went through the other wall in kind of like in front of me. But when I looked for it, it wasn't there. When I looked back in the mirror, it was there. Ooh. And yeah, that's kind of the creepiest thing that's happened to me, I think. The other one is watching uh, Blair Witch Project by myself in another country where I just relocated. And 
uh, I was all alone in the apartment. And that scared the bejesus out of me. Because <laughs> Blair Witch Project had come out and, and I hadn't seen it. And then it came out on DVD. Mm-hmm. And I bought it while I was out there. I moved out there for uh, for the summer. And I was sharing this apartment with three other people. And because I'd just arrived, they'd already booked tickets to an Elton John concert. Mm. In, um uh, in, in, in the next town over and the next city over. And so they said, well, you know, we can't get you a ticket. We tried, but I was like, I'm not bothered. Uh, it's fine. I'll just watch movies. Um, and then I was looking through the ones that I'd bought and Blair Witch. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll watch this one. And so I turned off all the lights. That was like, shouldn't have done that. Problem number one. Like I shouldn't, I was just like, oh, well, you know, it's a horror movie. I'll turn on the lights. Um, so I'm in a foreign country. I've been there like three days uh, and I turned out all the lights and uh, put this movie on. It was about nine, ten o'clock at night. And I sat there watching it. And because of the way it's filmed, I didn't know if it was a documentary or if it was a film because I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about it. I just knew it was a really good film. And I got to the end of the film and I was just a bag of bundle of nerves. And, and, and there were noises in the apartment and the building was creaking. And I was like, what's that? What's that? It was the worst. Yeah, that was the worst thing I've ever done. So, yeah, I'm not doing that again. I, I, you know, I don't get scared from movies, but it was just the whole context of everything else that was going mm-hmm. on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's my spooky story for you. <laughs> I, I remember I remember when that came out because I think I was in like middle school or something and and I remember a lot of people were scared of that because they thought it was real. They didn't know it was just a, you know, a movie. You know, I tried to settle myself after that. And I, you know, you watch the extras and, you know, you watch the extras to tell you about like the making of the movie. I was like, mm-hmm. this is a movie. This isn't real, right? So this is a movie. But all the extras were geared to making it look like this was a real documentary. Oh, and no. it was like the behind the scenes of the documentary and the, the original story behind these people and I, I was like oh so it is real so everything reinforced that this thing was real and it wasn't until the next day when I said to my friends I can't believe that documentary the Blair Witch Project and they're like it's not a documentary it's a film <laughs> no no look at the extras yeah they did that on purpose so yeah I was pretty naive. I was pretty naive back then <laughs> I'm still pretty naive, I guess. But, <laughs> but, it was, but I, I, I guess, like, all this time, going back to kind of how I got to where I got to now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I registered on this forum, and, and because of my engagement on the forum, um, they made me an admin pretty quickly, like within a few months. And because uh, I was posting, like, literally tens hundreds of posts a day um uh, and i probably had not i don't know what i was doing at the time i probably had nothing better to do um and it was great supporting people but once i'd kind of worked out who i was and that that working out who i was happened so the dinner that i organized that was the first night of a three-day weekend where i just said I'm going to be Sarah full time and work out what this means because I didn't know at the time whether I needed to transition or 
if it was just something else entirely and I and I didn't know I didn't know enough about the kind of spectrum um, so I needed to explore it so I spent three days exploring it uh, meeting various people driving up and down the country um, having dinners and lunches with various people that I've met online for real and doing things out and about in the world and you know it's a real eye-opener for me it, it it taught me a lot about myself and, and I wrote a whole blog post about it, um, which really helped me dissect how I was feeling. And that's how I came to kind of this bi-gender um, identity. Um, but after that, after I became comfortable with all of that, I realized that I'd my identity was not limited to just my gender. There was a whole part of my identity that was missing. And that was, I said at the beginning, I'm a queer Muslim. And Islam, my identity as a person of colour, my identity as a Muslim, I had kind of put to one side in order to explore what my identity was. And I kind of had to do that because I couldn't do everything at once. So I kind of picked the gender to do first. But then I realised actually I need to do more exploring Mm-hmm. And so I started looking around, like, are there any other people like me? Like this intersectionality of being trans and being a Muslim and being Pakistani and being a person of colour. That crossover, are there more people like me? And I think it was Jasmine in one of the more recent podcasts, she said, you know, representation. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, representation. On the forums that I was on, I don't think there were any other South Asian ethnicity people. They were all white, Caucasian, uh, English, English, Irish, Europeans, actually some as well, but all Caucasian. And so while that community was great and lovely and beautiful in so many ways and gave me so much and I gave back to it, it was not enough for me mm-hmm. and so I started looking around for other people like me and I found uh, an LGBT uh, charity for Muslims based in the UK um, and I started engaging with it Well, there were two. One I started engaging with and realised very quickly that were not very friendly to non-binary transgender. So I backed out of that group. But there was another one which was very inclusive, very open and lovely. And I started volunteering for them. Um, And if anyone wants to know more about that, they can obviously get in touch with me. But... Uh, I won't give out the details. Oh, maybe I can give out the details here, I guess, if anyone's interested. It's called Hidaya. Um, and I actually did a podcast for them as well, actually, uh, some sometime later. But um, I started engaging with them. They had events. And uh, I started helping out running the events. And it was really lovely. Met some amazing people who some of whom were like me, trans, 
not by gender. I don't think I ever met any Muslim by gender people yet, mm-hmm. but trans either in the process of transitioning or wanting to transition, um, or, uh, or or other identities um, in the LGBT space. So lesbians, gays, bisexuals, etc. And 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 all flavors of and and it was lovely, really nice to meet people who struggle in the same ways as I have struggled, um, but just with a different part of the identity to me. So it mm-hmm. wasn't the gender identity, it was their sexual identity, for instance. And that, that, was, that was really refreshing, really nice. Um, so I started running their, <clears throat> I started helping out on their um, WhatsApp support group. I'd actually already set up a trans support group in WhatsApp. Uh, and one in Kick as well, um, and then I subsequently went on to set up a Muslim LGBT Muslim support group in Kick as well, which is still running but very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, just opening up the spaces for me it was really important to open up sp- safe spaces for people. So WhatsApp group for trans people originally um in the uk but then then finding actually that i wanted to open up more spaces so a kit group for muslim lgbt lgbt people and yeah it was it was really nice to meet people like me it's gotta feel great to to find that that like missing connection yeah it, it is i mean no one's exactly like you, right? Yeah. But we find shared experiences mm-hmm. that, you know, somebody who hasn't come from uh, a Muslim background can't engage with, that you can have, you don't have to explain the context of of everything. You can just say, oh, this or that, and they totally get it. Um, and, and so many discussions about coming out, like, do you come out? Do you not come out? What's the impact of coming out? And, you know, if you talk to, if I think about my friends, um, my other friends in, in the trans community, a lot of them would say, look, you've got to come out, you've got to be yourself, you've got to be genuine. And I get that. And, and that's right. I think that's right. Um, but then not coming out is also valid, mm-hmm. but in a different way. Uh, and it is a little bit, I guess the word's unfortunate, that we have to consider whether we want to come out. But then there are very good reasons not to come out in some communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of it's about respect. Some of it's about like, I can't, I respect my parents or I respect my whatever thing is that you want to say. I respect that and therefore for that reason it doesn't affect them that I'm, I don't know, lesbian. Uh, Therefore I'm going to be a lesbian but my parents don't have to know because they don't need to know that about that part of my life. Um, And in a way 
I can see that there's a kind of a sadness there because they can't be wholly truthful to their parents, but they also validly are making that decision based on their understanding of their relationship with their parents and that they don't want to disrupt that and they think, feel, know that their parents would be hurt by it. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of ways of looking at this, um, just like there are lots of ways of looking at gender. Uh, and so it's important. I, th- I think it's really important to to recognise that uh, that there's more than one path through life. I get that. I know I'm I'm pretty guilty at the for the you know be yourself. Um, you need to be out there and and stuff. I'm I'm I know I'm pretty guilty about that, and I know I kind of push that a little bit. I don't think it's wrong to push that. I think I th- I think it's right to say have confidence in yourself. You know, get yourself out there. Do, do what you want to do. I think it's right to give people that encouragement because without that encouragement, and you do it really well as well, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, and, and you know, I always, you know, whenever I read your messages to people, I think that's a really nice response. Um, and I, I, don't think, I don't think you should turn that down based on what I've said. I, I think that is that has its place. What I'm saying is that is the other side which is when you've encouraged someone to do something and said you can get out there and do this then they can make a conscious decision to Mm -hmm. do it or not often what i found is they don't even make the decision they just hold themselves back so they're not consciously making a decision that or reasoning or thinking about what they want to do they just hold themselves back for internal reasons like you know that little voice in your head that's the thing that's holding you back mm-hmm. um so you know i i i like encouraging people i think it's important to encourage people to think about what they want to do and if they want to do something try to help them either through encouraging them or through other means to kind of you know get them where they want to get to uh, I think that's right but if someone says I thought about it and I don't want to come out and there's reasons for it that they've thought clearly about then I, I, I feel that that I've got to respect that for sure for sure so yeah. it's I think it's like I said earlier it, None of this is easy. Life isn't easy. Um, like another, I'm full of mantras today. <laughs> another one of my mantras is um, n- no growth without pain. Like, you know, you have to go through some pain to grow, to understand what your boundaries are, understand what your limits are, understand the context in which you need to you need to move forwards there is pain involved 
but through that pain, there's growth. So yeah, I, it's important. I don't mean like beat yourself up, like not that kind of pain. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, unless you're into that, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much growth there would be in that maybe. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but I mean like, you know, pushing yourself beyond the boundaries that you set like, yourself. Get, like getting out of your comfort zone and getting in uncomfortable situations. Um, I, I get it. I know I've, I know I've gone through a lot of hard, hard things and, and there's been a lot of pain. Um, I know for me, there's been a lot of growth out of it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've, I, I met you, I guess, a, over a year ago, the first time, and I've been on and off the Discord group. But, like, just from when I knew you from, like, a year ago, more than a year ago, to now, things have changed massively for you. And it, it's really, um, like, your story, other people's stories are so inspirational um, and, and comforting as well, because you find that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really felt that a lot, actually, like, you know, being a Muslim, um, being a person of color and being trans, I really didn't understand how there were no other people like me. And there are loads, there are so many, but they're so hidden, hidden away in the closet and, and, you know, not able to express themselves. And, you know, it especially in Islam, you know, transgender is accepted. It's one of the few things in uh, that is kind of universally accepted. Like, you know, there is some, um, well, I wouldn't say universally accepted. Okay. There are different schools of thought in this, but uh, generally speaking, generally speaking, there are uh, a lot of the Muslim thought on transgender is that transgender is accepted. And, you know, I know you're, you, you go to church, um, you mentioned it in, in, in the groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've had some talks with other Muslims and other religions, and it's really interesting when you start talking to like scholars, like priests and vicars and, and sheikhs and stuff. And, you know, they, they start from a position of or you start from a position of they're religious, they're kind of scholarly religious, they've studied this stuff. Mm -hmm. They can't possibly accept me because I know that, you know, the general consensus amongst, I don't know, Christians is this is not acceptable, right? But when you start talking to these very scholarly, very intelligent people, you start to find that actually they have a very godly view of the world. And I'll always remember a story, a friend of mine, um, I, I took her out for her first outing, took her for a makeover and a lesson and wig fitting for her. And she had a, a great day. She just, she flew, like I took her out and it was almost like she was just waiting for that opportunity. And she just, she was so natural in her own skin. She was just so happy. Um, but she was Catholic and 
since she had been exploring this kind of gender journey that she was on, she disconnected from her from her church a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then she told me later that she'd gone back and she she'd come out to her vicar or priest. I don't know uh, what what um, status. Oh, he was. Yeah, I don't um, know the hierarchy. I don't know the hierarchy, um, but she'd come out to him. I think I think he was priest. She said anyway, and she described him as sort of what you would see as an old school catholic irish priest mm-hmm. like the stereotypical how you'd imagine that and um she said i went to him and told him look you know i've been a bit disconnected from the church and he said yeah i've noticed and she told him why and said i haven't been really feeling myself and i've discovered this about myself and i wanted to tell you and he said to her, and I, I, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't know exactly it, but it was somewhere along the lines of, you're telling me, I think you're telling me because you think it's a sin. And you're confessing to me in some way. And even if it is a sin, even if it is, don't you think that I know that my congregation is full of liars, backbiters, gossips, adulterers, cheaters, thieves, all manner of sinners. And those sinners affect other people. Mm -hmm. So even if your sin even if what you've told me is a sin, you're not affecting anybody. You're not doing anything to anybody. You're living your life. So how can that be a sin? And I was like, wow. You know, that old wisdom that comes through experience and godliness, like taking that empathetic understanding of the world and putting it into context. I'll always remember that. And, and actually another, another vicar said to me, he said, he said, in the, he said, in the infinite possibilities of life on this planet, so many so many thousands and hundreds of thousands of possibilities of life and types of life, mm-hmm. colors, shapes, you know, skin colors, eye shapes, nose shapes, body shapes, heights, you know, there's so much variation in the physical world. Why are we limiting God and saying God could not have possibly? creative variation in people's heads in their minds for how Mm -hmm. they identify for what they feel i mean he was the way he was talking about it he was almost saying that we are doing an injustice to our understanding of what of of who god is by putting this limitation on him that he has surely he is not you know He's only, he's limited genders to two. And we, we know that's not true. Um, so 
there's some really beautiful ways of looking at the world with religion um and and i think i mean not everyone engages with religion i understand that but if you do and you like my friend did moved away from it because uh they felt they were sinning go back to it like you can god is more than this idea that some people have of who he is and that relationship that you have with god is a personal one no one gets to define that mm-hmm. sorry i went real deep there should have kept it lighter you know i, I like going i like going deep so it's fine it's good <laughs> But these are the kinds of things that you kind of, that I've had to, I've, I've gone through um, to get to where I am. And I don't, I don't know if it resonate, it will resonate with anyone else, but I know through talking to other people that there's so much variation in, in how people feel about themselves that how could how could it possibly be that god didn't design that to allow that variation like it doesn't make sense i i get it i get it i mean maybe not fully but i definitely i I understand i understand a little bit um you know, I mean, I've had, I've talked about it a lot recently with, with a lot of my recent stuff with, um, you know, you're, you're a man, you need to be a man, you were born a man or whatever. And it's like, really? Really? Yeah. It's like self-limiting. It's like I'm, me being the way I am now, that this is who I am and, and, the person I was before that was me suppressing myself and, and being going against who I was supposed to be. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's really important. And I think you've, I mean, you're one of the people that I really, uh, when, when I look at kind of how you look at the world and, and your journey, it's, it's, it's really quite inspirational. I think everyone's actually, everyone's journey is really inspirational in different ways. Um, and, and you learn a lot through people's ups and downs, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, it, that you, yeah. I, I mean, how, how on your side, Billy, do you, now that you have moved away from where you started, did, was that like a fresh start? Did you see that like as a turning turning a page in a book and like now start again when you moved out to, to totally West. totally I, honestly i feel like i'm i feel like i'm starting over from scratch like I, i'm it's like i'm born again and um it's like i'm starting over with you know whatever experiences i had before but like i feel like i'm starting from scratch and, and this time i can do a, a bit more on my terms yeah, well, to someone looking from the outside, you certainly are taking every opportunity that's presented to you, and 
and it's really inspirational to see that happening in sort of in real time. How did oh, oh, how did it go today? I don't know if you want to talk about it, but yeah, I'll talk how about did it. Go today with work. Did uh... it was good uh, okay. to get some to get some uh, background or context for listeners. Um, I am in this employee resource group at my my work about uh, for LGBTQ people. It's called like Pride of whatever, and um, I was asked to be the spotlight of the newsletter, the the month or whatever. So just a little short. They asked me like some questions. It's a little short bio of like you know where I'm from, uh, how I ended up where I am and stuff. And and I, I agreed to it like a month ago. And then I, I did my little bio. And then just yesterday, I got an email. They're like, Hey, are you sure you're okay with us putting this out there? Because you're not really out at work. And, you know, I've grown a lot in the last two months. Like I've, I've gained so much self-acceptance. It's, it's when I think about it, it's kind of insane. Um, but I'm just like, you know, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm, I'm okay. Put it out there. And, and my thought process too, is like, it's, it's like a private group. So like this email really shouldn't leave the group anyway, but if it does, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm really tired of hiding myself. Um, and then the, today we had a, a, like a group meeting. We do it like once every other month, like once every two months. And they talked about me a little bit and then everyone had their little coming out stories and they asked me to talk a little bit about myself. And, and I gave a very, very brief, um, a very brief, uh, little story. Just like when I first came out to like my ex-wife and then I mentioned, you know, the second time I said anything was to this podcast and, and it was normal. Normally when I tell the story, it's at least like two hours long, but I, I said it in about 10 minutes, maybe, <laughs> but it went well. It went well. I, I think I'm going to join the, um, like the higher ups on the group. So I'll be, a I don't know, part of their, I don't know what they call it, but part of their like witty. Yeah, part of the committee. Yeah, great. So that's. Did you say that you're the only trans person in the group? Yes, I, I think there's like, I, I, whenever it first started, there's been three meetings so far. The first meeting was a day after I started hormones, um, and I think there was like a non-binary person in the group, but I haven't seen them since. But today in the group, it was I was the only trans person. There were some mostly like gays, lesbians, bisexual, uh, and then there were a lot of allies, but I was the only trans person. And the, today's topic was about intersex and transgender. So <laughs> I get to be the representation. Yay. <laughs> yes. Yay me. <laughs> no pressure or anything. Do you, um, now that you're on the committee, do you feel like more ownership of kind of the group and how that might be a positive thing in your workplace? Or do you just think it's kind of something separate and you kind of just, because you said it's kind of like a closed group. So mm -hmm. is it? So, well, like uh, my company, there's a lot of different like branches or whatever. 
and in my branch, I'm the only person in the group. So I'm, I'm a bit isolated from all the other ones. A lot of the other ones are in like San Diego, San Francisco, or further up north. Um, so I'm very isolated in that aspect. So it might be fun and interesting to somehow make this work, but I, I, I think it'll be good for me. And if anything, because uh, a lot of what, what they do is uh, as like the helpers or whatever is trying to help engagement and come up with topics and, and so kind of similar ish stuff to what I'm doing with the podcast. So maybe it might even help me grow with the podcast a bit more. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, I'm, I'm just making this stuff up as I go along. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, maybe that'll help help in, in a lot of aspects. I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it as a, lear- a learning experience and, and maybe some, something to help the community in, in some aspects. Well, I think, you know, I think you try stuff and if it doesn't work for you, you can, you can abandon it. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're not getting something out of it or you're not feeling like this is kind of taking you somewhere, you can just, you can leave it and move on to something else. But it sounds sure. like a positive, it sounds like a positive uh, step. Um, and I think and so. It probably will give you a lot of value. I think so. And I, I'm maybe a pipe dream, but I mean, I always hope that like, <laughs> maybe this will lead me in some other direction than where I'm currently at at my job. Because like, I don't, as much as I say it, like, I don't necessarily hate the company. I think I just don't like specifically what i'm doing because a lot of it like just really reminds me of my old self Mm. um so like that aspect's really hard to wrestle with so maybe if i could like divert somehow into i don't know if they have like some like diversity and inclusion department or something i I think maybe that would be a good fit for me Mm -hmm. some some way some way to go that way i don't know um you just said something there you said it reminds me of my old self. Mm-hmm. Are you a different? Do you see when you say old self? Do you see who you were before now as a different person? Yes and no. Um, it, it's it's like earlier we talked about the the life chapters changing. It's just like yeah. a, a different chapter in my life, and I. I it's more and more feeling like a different person. Uh-huh. Um, my old memories are starting to not feel like my memories, which is very, very strange. And even like seeing pictures of myself, I, I don't have any problems looking at old pictures of myself, but mm-hmm. when I do it, it's like a whole other person. It's kind of wild. Um, but like, I know it's me and, and I, I don't have any shame for my old self. Cause like my old self got me, to where I am now provided mm-hmm. for me and made tough decisions to get me to where I am now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but kind of, I guess, yeah, I do kind of see my old self as a different person. So to like step back into that role is, is, is hard. It's very difficult. Yeah. I can see that. I think, you know, <clears throat> I, I kind of look at life in a different way, but probably cause my, identity my gender identity flits between one and other Mm -hmm. um i kind of look at it like um i'm the same person just 
different wallpaper. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, pr my presentation is different, but actually I'm the same person. In fact, I, I met a friend of mine um, and she'd not met me as Sara before. And then I, I came out to her before. She'd only seen pictures and, and then I met her as Sara for at dinner. And she said to me, you're the same person. Like you have the same energy. And I was like, yeah, that's because I am the same person. She was like, yeah, but you look so different. I was like, yeah, that's because I'm wearing makeup and different clothes. She's like, no, no, I know, I know. But I was expecting to engage with a different person. I was like, no, that, that's not how I feel. And so I'm really glad that you see me as the same person, just with a different presentation. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a little bit different to, I guess, you, your identity, where you're actually, your evolution is more, uh, it includes physical. And, and so that's more permanent, I guess, it's kind of, changing who you who you are not who you are you're the same mm -hmm. person but uh moving away from your male identity to your female identity and and so it's it is like a different person whereas for me i flip between the two so clearly i'm not the same i am the same person mm -hmm. yeah like if even if you just go back and listen to my first episode like i i feel like like i, I can't listen to it but I feel like a different person in that episode than I am now. And like thinking of thinking back to how I was before I started coming out, I was completely different. Like I wasn't open with anybody who wasn't outgoing. Mm. Um, so like um, my outgoingness or, or whatever, whatever people tend to flock to me or whatever. And I used, my dad had this, my dad had that ability and I always saw it as like a superpower that he had. Right. And I always envied it. I was like, ah, I wish I had that superpower, but you know, I also had all my internal struggles that I wasn't willing to deal with or, or unleash or, or tell anybody about. But I have noticed that like once I, I, that switch flipped. Yeah. And I started being more outgoing and telling my issues and my problems. And because, I mean, I'm literally, I'm an open book. You can ask me whatever and I'll, it's pretty, it's pretty evident with the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I've noticed that I, I do have that superpower. You do. Or that's, I'm still going to call it a superpower. And, but even back then, like I, I, I didn't like talking to people. I didn't. I wanted to be alone uh, it, and it's just, it's so different from now. Like now I don't, I don't want to be like that. I don't identify like that anymore. And it, so like, it seems to me like you, you always had that superpower. You always had that inherent trait that both attracted, that, that attracts people uh, and is open. Um, but you, because of what you were struggling with, mm -hmm. that got in the way, that blocked it. And you remove that block, and all of a sudden, these traits that you've always had, you've just not known that you've had them because they've just been suppressed or blocked. 
they've just come out and mm -hmm. and and it feels like you're a different person but you're the same person you just have removed some blocks um that has allowed other parts of yourself to to be um more visible uh, and, and that's really i mean like there there are lots of people on the discord chat that you talk to uh and especially you billy i would say and you you know but everyone on the discord chat actually i can't think of a single person on the chat that i haven't talked to and and or you know chatted with and thought anything but you are such a beautiful soul um and you know everybody on that group really shines and you can see it like in the way that you interact with other people they feel that too thank you I um I just be myself and and you know I care. Thank you for caring and thank you for being yourself. It it really does make a difference to people. And I think you know maybe that's the big difference from my my older self is I wasn't being myself. I was holding yeah. myself back. I I do feel the way that you described yourself that that there's probably something in that, um, and that's why and that's why you probably now feel that you're so different because those blocks defined you, mm -hmm. and now you're not letting those blocks define you anymore. So, yeah, I, I lived I lived in a lot of fear, and um, yeah, sure there's still some fear there, but I've gotten a lot better at facing those fears um what are it's the, still hard it's still hard fears know, are horrible fears are horrible and uh, what would you say like at the moment what are your big fears at the moment that you're still dealing with you you've clearly overcome lots of fears to get to where yeah. you are but what are the um, big fears right now I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. That's a really hard question. Um, because a lot of my fears that like that I've dealt with forever, I've faced and I've gotten through them. Um, I would say the future, but I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for the future. And I'm, I'm really curious where it goes. Maybe some fear of like some failure along the way, but I'm not even necessarily that worried about that so much. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm actually very hopeful for once. Sounds like, sounds like you have an idea that there's fear in you still, and actually you've dispelled most of the important ones. Mm -hmm. And actually that, I mean, the way you just described yourself, it sounds like you're actually freer and in a much more positive space than you're allowing yourself to admit to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I, I described um, in the last episode of Sophia, I mentioned like where I just, I stopped resisting and I'm just, I'm like on the conveyor belt, just like letting it go, see where it takes me. And, and I'm, I don't know, I'm just not that worried about it. Just here for the ride. Just here for the ride. Uh-oh. Uh, I think I've got to go. 
Uh oh, it's your pups. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> well, I should probably get some dinner too. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Sarah, for thank for you. coming on and and telling us um, so much of your story. It's 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 very um, insightful and and very inspirational. I think. Thank um, you. Thank you, and thank course. you for having me. It's really nice to talk to you. Of course, likewise. If you enjoyed or related to Sara Snow and would like to share your story, please reach out to Giselle or myself on the CrossTheAsPodcast.com website, the CrossTheAs Podcast Instagram, or the CrossTheAs Confidential Discord, which can be found on the CrossTheAsPodcast.com website, and that can also be found on the CrossTheAs Podcast Instagram. Um, <laughs> um, the Discord is a great place to reach out to many of the previous and future guests including myself. I'm on there quite a bit. Uh, it's a really a fantastic place to find a sense of community and support. Um, I know it's helped me get to where I am. And then I, I, I kind of relate it with, with Sarah's first mantra of um, keeping, keep moving forward positively, even small steps. You don't have to make big steps. Just do something little to move positively forward. Um, I think I share my story a lot on the Discord server, even the little tiny things, things that I don't necessarily share on the podcast. And I, I'm guessing it helps people just, just hearing my, my little struggles, little wins here and there. And I, I know hearing other people's or reading other people's uh, struggles, challenges, and then their wins uh, it, it it really helps me grow a lot and I know it can help you too um, anyway it's getting late for me I'm, I gotta work in the morning so I just want to tell you that I love y'all happy Halloween and remember stay spooky bye I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything I'm just here to share my story have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender.